Uh-huh. I just feel like I've been around the block, ripping up fantasy stock, working around the clock. Look at the view from the top. Researching rookies a lot? No, I just be listening to pods. Yeah, one in particular. I'm just a messenger. Let me just pass on the rock. Uh, Browning, brunning, bruning, pronouncing ain't what he's doing. What he's doing is not losing, but infusing you with new things. And there's Dennis the Bennett. Yeah, the man is a menace. Yeah, building a dynasty. Some of the finest things. Promise you, you won't regret it. Mm. Slice a fox, cultured in pop, give him his props. Here is a thought, here is a box, and you cannot compare him at all, so don't even try. Careful with the news, but when you use a take, I take up Tony Fire, I mean dire, because anyone else is a huge mistake. Whoa, fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table, yeah, fantasy round table, come take a look at the crown, baby. Hey, fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table, fantasy round table, come take a look at the crown, baby. Go. Well, welcome into the show, a very special Monday edition of the Fantasy Football Roundtable podcast. Uh, It's just myself, Matthew Fox, and Dennis uh, here with you on this fine Monday. I've spent most of the day trying to uh, talk myself into being okay watching Teddy Bridgewater this season uh, because I feel like we're eminently approaching that. I hope your Monday has been better, Dennis. Well, I've spent all day deciding if I was going to draft Drew Locke in our listener league coming up here in, uh, what are we, in round 14, 13, as my QB3. I'm, I'm kind of leaning out. I think I'm going to approach this listener league like one of the old school redrafts. When I need a bye week tight end or quarterback, I'm going to see what's on waivers and see what kind of moves. I'm just going to stock up on running backs and wide receivers. Yeah, I don't – there's a few of these QB uh, races that uh, well, I was talking about this with a couple of the other people in the listener league. After you get, there's about 20 guys you can do in quarterbacks. And then it feels like there's like five to eight situations where if you want to have the quarterback for that team, you almost have to take two guys. And when you're talking about a redraft roster, that's maybe 18 to 20 slots. That feels like a lot to give up. Yeah, it's like there's there's like 20 guys, and then there's 20 more because you have to double up on so many different situations. Yeah, or even, you know, it seems like they're leaning toward Carson Wentz playing now, but in case he doesn't, you might also need Jacob Eason and or Sam Ellinger. Uh, what, a, what a hot start. You know, you're always excited for the NFL season until the injuries and the season actually starts to pile up, and then it's like, oh. Speaking of the listener league, Malibu Matt, you're on the clock. Yes, he is in a meeting, so I'm sure he will get to him. Well, before we uh, dive into some things, we we thought we'd start out with some news. Uh, big probably piece for us is uh, we wanted to let you guys know we have officially joined the Pigskin Podcast Network. Yep, a new uh, new podcasting network uh, sponsored by Maze Media Labs. Uh, you guys may have. Uh, If you're hockey fans, you may be familiar with the Hockey Podcasting Network or uh, the Basketball Podcasting Network that they have going. They're starting a new football-centric podcasting network. It officially uh, kicks off on September 1st, a week from Wednesday. Um, So we're happy to be joining them. I don't know if you have any other thoughts, Dennis. I think it's fantastic. You know, they – 
they've shown that they can be successful building a network. And so they take their time, they focus on one sport at a time, and then they go out and they decide, you know, when they came to us and talked to us, it was kind of funny because people would be like, oh yeah, I've, I've listened to you. And half the time you're like, oh yeah, sure. And then Brandon Ruicki, who's kind of the ops manager for the podcast network there, starts telling us different things and he's referencing things from multiple different shows. So unless he had like crammed like 20 shows over the course of a weekend, when he finally reached out to us, you know, he, they had listened to us and they, they came at us cause they, they like what we do. Uh, you know, the network is going to cover all of the team NFL teams are going to cover college, some college teams, uh, different, uh, college conferences. They're going to cover fantasy. So we are one and all here excited to be part of this network. And you can follow the network at, um, I believe on Twitter, it's at TPPN, the Pigskin Podcast Network. Uh, you'll be able to see all kinds of other different shows. And honestly, if Brandon did cram 20 episodes into one weekend, that's probably even more impressive. I don't even think my wife wants to listen to me drone on that much. So. Right. The other uh, piece of news that uh, I thought I would just uh, throw out here, there, well, there's actually one that I forgot to put on here, which I'll get to in a minute, which is uh, it looks like uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire tweaked his ankle. I was going to ask you if you are nervous at all about that. You know, I, I heard that they said it was kind of similar to what Michael Thomas's injury is. And... <sighs> If that's the case, then then yes, I, I'm nervous. Yeah, I know that there's still a lot of people that want him to uh, be a high-end RB1 this season. And I always thought that was going to be a little bit of a stretch. But uh, it looks like they're just saying ankle sprain so far. Um, doesn't have a lot of details, but I think that's one – that bears watching. I know uh, we're, we're doing a redraft league with our listener league right now. I have uh, my big uh, work redraft league is uh, next Friday, but usually it's this, uh, this weekend you get some, but then next weekend and Labor Day weekend. So try to watch out for some of the news. And I guess we have to hope the last, fortunately all the, the final preseason games are next weekend. So you have a week to kind of gather information, especially if you're a Labor Day weekend drafter, you don't have to be drafting the day before. But so Edward Solaire Bears watching one guy that apparently is not going to be playing this year, Larry Fitzgerald over the weekend, the interview dropped that he said he has no urge to play right now. Do you expect to see him in 2021 or ever again? Nope. I think Larry has uh, achieved all that he feels like he can at this stage of his career. I think he looks back at um, where he is now and he realizes the father time has caught up and, you know, he's not a step ahead anymore. Uh, he could, could he still play? Yeah, he could contribute, you know, leadership, uh, you know, the first down here and there whatnot, but can he play at the level at the standard he set for himself with the production standards that he set for himself. I think he re recognizes that no, he can't. Uh, and he's got the opportunity to be able to 
walk away from the game on his own terms. And that just, uh, that, you know, so the majority of players in, in any professional sport, they don't usually get the opportunity to make that choice. Uh, it's usually made for them. So I think he's, he's already signed a broadcast deal. He's looking at things. He's comfortable. He's got, a, I think he's got a lot going on off the field. He set himself up to be successful off the field. And I think he's uh, moving into the next chapter uh, comfortable with where he's at. I think he's had a great career. Uh, I, I don't expect, I don't expect him to play in 2021. Yeah. I'm kind of leaning that way too. Um, you know, it seemed like Arizona was preparing for this. They drafted Rondale Moore. They've had Christian Kirk, who they wanted to get involved in the slot for a couple of years. They went and signed A.J. Green. So it seems like they were kind of prepared uh, to fill the void around DeAndre Hopkins. I had thought maybe Larry Fitzgerald would look to see if he could catch on with somebody like a Tampa Bay or, uh, you know, his old coach Bruce Arians, somewhere where he might try to chase a ring. But it, I, I'm kind of glad if it is the end that he, he gets it play with one team his whole career because that's become rare nowadays very rare just just to clarify the pigskin podcast network twitter handle is pigskin pod now at pigskin pod now yeah i think i realized the at tpt tppn is the hashtag that that we're all using uh for the network and is the credentials well i think you have something before we dive in i do i do so you know, so many people were out here playing in leagues and we're trying to find an edge wherever we can. Get the tools to help Bob Harris reach the Fantasy Football Hall of Fame. At footballdiehards.com, you can get the Flash Update Pro, Pro, a full suite of tools to make you a better fantasy manager. Rankings, configurable cheat sheets, mock drafts, consistency tools, target distribution, snap counts, cornerback, wide receiver matchups, and so much more. Use code ROUNDTABLE for an additional 15% off the already low price of $24. You know, Bob has been on our show. He's done some great work. You know, he's developed over a 30-plus year career in the fantasy industry, has developed a fantastic suite of tools. You can get them all at, at uh, footballdiehards.com, Flash Update Pro. Enter code ROUNDTABLE for an additional 15% off. Nice. Well, today, uh, you know, the, for the last few shows before we get uh, to the regular season, we're going to do some fun uh, player props, some over-unders, and then uh, we'll, we'll finally, I believe, the, uh, the last second, Labor Day Monday, we're going to lock ourselves into our predictions. We did our uh, playoff predictions earlier this offseason. I don't think any of the three of us were too pumped with how that turned out, and uh, I think we need all this extra time to try to figure out how good some of these teams can be. But today, we're going to look at some over-unders uh, for players broken down to quarterbacks, running backs, and uh, pass catchers. So our first one is Aaron Rodgers, and his over-under for yardage is 4,550.5. Last year in 16 games, he threw 4,299 yards. So, Dennis, are you going over or under? You know, I want to go over. I, I really do, um, but I, I'm just, I feel like he's still performing at a high level. 
great NFL, and he's he's playing still really good fantasy uh, football production. But I think that 45, 50.5 uh, is just a little bit high. When you look at some of the projections out there by some of the gurus that do projections, they're by and large coming in under. Um, so if he if he creeps up and gets 4,551 yards, am I going to be surprised? No, but I feel like he's probably going to be in that 4,300, 4,400 yard range. Yeah, it was telling me he was just under 4,300 yards for um, his, MV, his MVP season last year. Um, so I have him under two. I, th- I think it's not a terrible number. I just don't think he hits it. So our next one is Baker Mayfield, uh, the quarterback for the Browns. His over-under is 4,000.5 yards. So just basically just anything over 4,000. Last year, in 16 games, he threw for 3,563 yards. Of course, played half the season without Odell Beckham Jr. So are you going under or over? No, this was a tough one from the aspect of this is going to be the first time in Baker Mayfield's NFL career that he's had the same offensive system two years in a row. Um, And they've got a great rushing attack. They've got a really good offensive line. Odell Beckham is there. And while he hasn't played uh, most of last year because of his injury, He's been there, and they've worked together. They've worked in the offseason. Jarvis Landry is there, and they've worked together. Donovan Peoples-Jones and Rashard Higgins are are showing that they can be viable. Austin Hooper, uh, Harrison Bryant, they've got the tools to be a high-powered passing attack, and they have the defense to be a ground-and-pound offense with Nick Chubb, and even Kareem Hunt, as good a pass receiver as Kareem Hunt is, he's not petite. He's a good-sized dude. He's 5'11", 5'10", 5'11", 220-ish pounds, uh, and he can pound the ball in there. So they've got one of the best running attacks. I I feel like he's going to be just under as, mu- as much as I would like it. If their defense falls apart, I could see him completely blown past this because they go to Chuck and Duck. But I don't think that defense is going to fall apart. They've got some really, really good young players led by Miles Garrett. And so I think the defense holds it together. And so their their t- games tend to be a little bit shorter, a little bit lower scoring. And as a result, Baker isn't going to get over that problem. Yeah, I mean, it feels like a really uh, decent number I think with Odell back, he does a little bit better. I'm going to say he gets just over 4,000 yards, um, which is no easy task. There was only 12 quarterbacks that went over 4,000 yards in 2020, despite all the heavy passing. Uh, but I think he can get there. I like the Browns this year, so I guess I'm – since Matt Bruning isn't here today, I've taken on the Browns' homer role apparently. Uh, and that's, I'll just have to live with that. We're going to have to get you a new banner to substitute behind you. Speaking of uh, unexpected homerism, it's on to Dak Prescott and my Dallas Cowboys. Uh, his over under is 4,775 
yards. Last year, in four and a half games, he threw for 1,856 yards. In 2019, uh, he played a full season. He threw for 4,902 yards. So, Dennis, over or under? I think Dak is going to go over. Well, I, I feel like there's a uh, resurgence in the offensive line that's going to definitely benefit uh, Zeke Elliott. I mean, they just have too many weapons through the air. And and as as much as they've looked at improving their defense, adding guys like Micah Parsons and uh, and oh, they added some other linebacker. I keep forgetting. Um, Keanu Neal is, is signed as a free agent. They've they've got some talent on defense. They just still need to come together. Uh, so I think they're going to give up some points, and so they're going to have to still throw the ball. I like Dak to to hit the over on there. Yeah, I'm going uh, smash over. I think he was on pace where he could have gone for almost 6,000 yards last year. I think he'll easily crest over uh, 5,000. They have a lot of weapons, and uh, I think they're going to be a lot of fun. So our next one is uh, the rookie, Trevor Lawrence. His over-under is 4,100.5 yards. So are you going over or under? You know, that's a tough one because he's a rookie. And – not that I'm concerned that he's going to get pulled for Gardner Minshew. You know, we're not going to see a, a Tua Fitzpatrick kind of matchup going on back there, despite what. Uh, Let's just say if Minshew say. starts week one, Urban's already going to be on the hot seat. Oh, my gosh. If Minshew starts week one, it's going to be a riot in Jacksonville. Um, but I do think that there's going to be opportunity to, you know, Urban's going to want to try to run the ball and establish, you know, James Robinson and, and Travis Etienne and Carlos Hyde on the ground uh, to kind of cover up some of that defense, keep the other team's offense off the field. And I think that's, you know, 4,100, I, I feel like is a pretty big number for a rookie to try to hit. Uh, I, I, I'd love to push, but I'm going to say under. Yeah, I'm taking the under as well. Justin Herbert um, did achieve that last year. He got 4,336. Um, but uh, Joe Burrow, it's possible he could have. He had 2688 in 10 games. I'm just not sold. Um, you know, I if it was 4,100 combined yards, I might go with it because I think, uh, you know, 38 to 3,900 passing for Lawrence and a few hundred rushing yards is not out of the question, but it felt like a little bit high. Uh, so we have our second rookie who's expected to start all 16 games, and that's Zach Wilson. His over-under is 3,850.5 yards. So are you taking the over or the under? No, as much as I would like to take the over with Zach Wilson – You know, to a Jets team that is rebuilding, and they have they also have a first-year head coach. Uh, they have some issues on their offensive line. I, I don't think their running backs are on par with uh, Jacksonville, and I, I don't think their wide receivers. You know, I don't know. I I, I go back and forth. I I want to be uh, like in on. Uh, Corey Davis. I was so mad when John Weber sniped me in the draft. One pick before me, 
So I was so mad. Why he's a defending champion. Yeah, something. Son of a gun. Um, but at 38.50, I think he's going to come in under. Yeah, I feel the same way. I think it's going to be a growing pains kind of year a little bit for the Jets. I think there'll be some things to latch on to. They'll be a fun team to watch. Uh, but they're they're probably not a playoff team right now, so I'm going to take the under as well. Uh, last two quarterback props are not actually passing props, but rushing props. Uh, that is a big, uh, a big thing for quarterbacks as well. The first one's Josh Allen. His over/under for rushing yards is 475 and a half. As a rookie, he rushed for 631. 2019, he rushed for 510. Last year, when he became a more prolific passer, he only rushed for 421 yards. Uh, his rushing touchdowns, he's never had less than eight, but in terms of rushing yardage, he, we saw him take a uh, kind of a big step back as his passings improved. So what do you expect in year four from Josh Allen? Well, you know, he made, what, a 13% leap in completion percentage. Yeah, he probably can't do that again unless he's going to 90%. My natural reaction is, well, that's going to come. come down, you know, maybe to half. Um, so that puts him in the position to maybe have to run some more. But so far this preseason, what we've seen is, uh, while Zach Moss has been a little bit dinged up, Devin Singletary looks good. And he looks like he's going to be – it looks like they'll be able to run the ball without Josh Allen a little better than they have over the last three years. Um, you know, they added Matt Breda, who, when healthy, is a, a – good back, maybe not a back you can give 20 carries to, despite uh, uh, San Francisco's best efforts. Um, he is a good back, though, and so that they've got decent running backs to be able to uh, get enough yards. I think they're still going to be fairly pass-heavy with Diggs and Sanders and Beasley and Davis. Uh, you know, there's been some connection with Hollister and you know, he goes all the way back to the college days. So 475, I think he's going to get just over it. Um, I don't I don't know that he breaks 500, but I'm going to take the over on the 475. I, I'm going to take the slight under. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he's in the 425 to 450 range, but I think they are a more prolific passing offense. Uh, and their defense may be a little bit better. And I also think Josh Allen, some of it's been a little bit of uh, preservation, um, you know, not taking as many hits. I, I still think he's good for seven to ten rushing touchdowns because right. he seems to be the goal. I mean, you've got to get a lot of yards for that. So our last quarterback uh, one is uh, the ever-controversial Jalen Hurts, and his rushing over-under is 574.5, which may sound high, but he only had four starts last year and tallied 354 yards on only 63 attempts. So over or under? I think he's going to hit the over. Um, I haven't been sold on him as a passer. Uh, there, I know they added Devonta Smith this year. They added uh, uh, Jalen Rager last year. They've still got Ertz and Goddard, um, but I, I don't think he. I, I think he's like early career Josh Allen passer uh, when it comes to the accuracy uh, and the consistency. 
you know, and he's going to end up being, he may be their power back, you know, that for whatever, they're not, the team doesn't. You don't believe in Jordan Howard as the power back? Well, no, I I think Jordan Howard is fine. Jordan Howard has helped me win championships uh, in his first couple of years. I just think that the coaching staff in Philadelphia, for whatever reason, isn't sold on giving Miles Sanders the ball. They brought in Gainwell. They've got Boston Scott. Uh, you know, I don't know to be back there, but um, I, I think Hertz is going to rush the ball. Uh, probably, you know, if that offensive line doesn't come together, you know, and they're they've got some people coming back from injuries, but they've got some new people too, and some people can run. And I'm back. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I'm not a huge believer that uh, Hertz is going to have an incredible season. That rushing number is very doable. I'm still going to take the under. Um, I just, I think it's going to be a rough year. But I guess, I guess we'll see. I more easily bet the uh, the over on his rushing than I think his passing number was like 3,800 um, rushing. At least there's a chance. But I'm still going to take the take the slide under. So we're moving on to running backs. Uh, our first one is Alvin Kamara. Um, he might be the only offensive player worth a darn in the Saints uh, organization right now, which feels shocking, but they're having some issues. Uh, receiver, we're still unclear about quarterback. But Alvin Kamara, they're plugging along. He was RB1 for fantasy last year, largely thanks to his uh, receiving and his touchdown numbers. His over-under for rushing is 950.5. Last year he had 932 rushing yards in 15 games. So over or under for you? I am taking the under. I think that, uh, you know, Kamara is a passing game weapon. He does good in the rushing game. He, he is good in the red zone. But it feels to me like they don't want to they don't want to give him a ton of carries. They, they want to keep his carries, you know, in the 12 to 15 range and they're going to change the quarterback this season you know we still don't know if it's going to be Jameis or Taysom um, maybe we'll get an idea tonight yeah maybe <laughs> um, but I think 950 I mean wouldn't that would that would be just about his career high wouldn't it I I think 932 was his career high so yes that would be that would be a new career high so I expect him to come come back from that some. So I, I'd take the under on tomorrow. I'm going to take the over. I think this is his first thousand yard season. Um, I just feel like they'll need him, and maybe it's <coughs> sorry, maybe it's my love of uh, Alvin Kamara, which knows no bounds. But See, I I don't think Kamara ever has a thousand yard season rushing. You know, you may be right, but I'm still going to keep hope alive. Our uh, our second one is second year running back phenom Jonathan Taylor. His over under is twelve hundred point five yards. 
Uh, last year as a rookie in 15 games, 13 games started in about five games where Frank Reich remembered how to use him. He uh, ran for 1,169 yards. So I'm going to go ahead and say that this over-under feels low to me, and I'm taking the smash over, but how about you? I mean, this is a smash except I mean, you're, you're hitting that one hard. You're getting the money down, uh, and, and it's just a matter of time before you collect. For all the posturing about Marlon Mack and not Naheem Hines. So there I go. The, the number one back there, and I I expect him to probably hit fifteen hundred. Yeah, I I do not know why they have it set uh, at twelve hundred, considering that he was pretty much twelve hundred last year. But uh, they must be Marlon Mack truthers. Our next one uh, is Joe Mixon, another guy that doesn't have a ton of competition in Cincinnati. His over under is one thousand and fifty point five yards. Uh, last year he only had four hundred twenty eight yards on one hundred nineteen carries. That was in six games. Uh, still ended up being the Bengals' rushing leader for the season. Kind of tells you how inefficient Gio was as a runner. Um, but in his two previous years, he was well over eleven hundred. He had eleven sixty eight in twenty eighteen and 1137 in 2019. So 1050, if he's able to make it through a whole season, doesn't seem like it's out of the realm of possibility. So are you taking the uh, over or under? I just think it's amazing how down we get on Joe Mixon when he's had two 11-yard rushing seasons, 1,100-yard rushing seasons. I mean, it's it's. I, I think the over is, is at 1050. Um, they got rid of Geo. I, I don't think that uh, Samaji P. Ryan is a threat to him. You know, their offensive line isn't great, uh, but they're going to have to rely on uh, the offense scheming stuff up and keeping them honest with the passing game. So I like Burrow to eclipse that, set a new career high. So our next one is uh, the rookie. Najee Harris. Uh, his over-under is 1,000 point five yards. The rushing leader for the Steelers last year was James Conner, who only played in 11 games at 721 yards. So are you taking the over or the under? I think it comes down to with Najee, it's like if it can't, do we expect he's going to get 275 carries and still get, catch 50 passes? Are they going to do that? Will they let him? Uh, I tend to think yes. So I, if they're putting it at a thousand, I, I feel like that's a pretty that's another smash. Except, um, I think what did I say in one of our shows that uh, all four uh, AFC East? Oh no, was that the quarterback? AFC North. AFC North. Uh, did I say all four? I think I put all four uh, running backs in like the top twenty or something. Yeah. Top 15. So, yeah, I'm, I, I say that's another smash except. 
Yeah, I think he clears a thousand yards uh, pretty easily. Not a lot of competition. I'm not a Benny Snell truther, so that one seemed easy. This one is going to sound super easy, but is actually a little more interesting. Mike Davis, uh, who you know is getting the chance to carry the load in Atlanta, is really the only guy there. His over under is 800.5 yards, and you're probably thinking to yourself, that sounds incredibly low. Davis was RB12 last year. Carried the load most of the year in Carolina, only tallied 642 rushing yards, which was his career high. So 800 yards, over or under? You know, I want to go over, but I just, you know, I I don't, as as much as it pains me to say this, I don't think Quadri Allison is the answer. I don't think Devonta Foreman is the answer. JV and Hawkins or Caleb Huntley. But I think all of them are going to get some opportunity. And in the end, I think that's what's going to keep Mike Davis uh, from hitting that number. He, he's, you know, he's a 29-year-old journeyman. And to go to, to hit 800 yards, it's, I, if it was 800 total yards, then I think it's a situation where I go, okay, I can see that. Uh, but 800 yards is, it's, I, I won't be, I, I'm not going to say that it's like preposterous that he does. I just feel like it's, you know, they're, they're going to, their defense is going to be bad. They're going to have to throw the ball. Uh, they're going to have a lot of running backs involved. So, no, as much as it pains me, I'm going to take the slight over. I I feel like uh, 800.6. Arthur Smith wants to run the ball, and um, I've also seen Cordero Patterson. And uh, so I'm, I'm given, I think Mike Davis, if he's ever going to hit 800, it's going to be this year. So I'm going to, you know, maybe 802. But uh, I'm taking the slide over. Our next one, uh, a guy, an interesting guy, because he's perpetually in the committee, and that's Ronald Jones, uh, Matt Bruning's uh, one-time fantasy crush. Uh, last year, uh, still sharing with Leonard Fournette and LaShawn McCoy and Keyshawn Vaughn and probably 75 other people that we're forgetting, rushed for 978 yards uh, the year prior when he was splitting with Peyton Barber. Uh, went for 724 yards. His over-under has been set at 725 and a half yards. I really wrestled with this. I am going to take the slight under. Um, I think that he'll end up splitting more with Fournette, which probably means Fournette's about to be cut and you should go sign Ronald Jones. But what say you, Dennis? I say that Ronald Jones is going to get his first 1,000-yard season, and Fournette is his handcuff. Gio is the third down back. Ronald Jones is the one and two down back, and he's explosive. He's going to get some long runs, which is going to allow him to add up yards, and Fournette is the handcuff if he makes the team. So our next one is also kind of a committee. It's Javante Williams, the rookie in Denver. Melvin Gordon is still there. Javante's over-under has been set at 775 and a half yards. Are you taking the over or the under? How many yards do you think Melvin's going to get? No. I'm not the most objective person. Are, are they, are they, is it going to be like Melvin and Javante to start? 
and then it's going to finish Devontae and Melvin. Is it one of those scenarios? Is Devontae just going to, you know, what's Melvin's contract situation? Can they get out of it? His, uh, this, or, this is his contract year. That's it. He was oh, a two-year deal. But but if they if they dump him, are they on the hook for a ton of money that just makes it more sense to keep him? Yeah, they definitely won't release him because behind him, all they have is Mike Boone, Bryce Freeman, um, you know, and, and given the nature of running backs and everything, I don't think they'll they'll release Melvin Gordon, but I 100% feel that he's not coming back. Yeah, I don't think he'll be back next year at all. Um, I I think Javante is going to be able to, uh, you know, I think he's going to hit the over on this. I, I also took uh, the over, but um, I have not been a Melvin Gordon believer. So uh, no, you've been an way. outright hater is what you've been. Yeah. Going back to the San Diego days. Yeah, he's not ever been my favorite. What can you say? Uh, so our last running back uh, that we have is J.K. Dobbins for the Ravens. His over-under is set at 1,000.5 yards, so a 1,000-yard season. Last year as a rookie, he appeared in 15 games uh, but only got 134 carries, got 805 yards on those 34 carries, uh, averaging six yards a clip. So uh, – over under a thousand yards. I'm going to say for my part, I think he finishes just under because I think you still have Lamar Jackson's going to run. Um, I still think it's going to be something of a committee with Gus Edwards. Um, he definitely has the talent. And if he got that kind of an opportunity, uh, could make it over a thousand. But I'm, I'm going to say he ends up just slightly under like 975, 980. Well, I think Dobbins is definitely. The, the lead back in Baltimore, he's going to get lots of opportunity. They, Well, I, Gus isn't going to just disappear. He's going to get plenty of run as well. I just think Dobbins is so dynamic, and he's going he's gonna to be in the 250 carry range. Um, I like him to – I like him to, to hit the 1,000. Was it 1,000.5? Yeah. I like him to hit that. I like him to – I'm going to take the over on that. Him. Well, if you uh, if you've listened to our player rankings and thought that you know a lot more than we do, you're probably not alone. But Dennis may actually have a way that you can make money on that proposition. Do you have what it takes to beat the pros? Put your rankings up against the best in the business. Defending champ Rod Rob Waziak of the FF Ballers, Jake Seeley of the Athletic, Bill Enright of Sports Illustrated, or your favorite Matt Fox of the Fantasy Football Roundtable. <laughs> Uh, draft season is here and we live for rankings. We want to put ourselves in the best position. We don't want to reach for people. We want to have a good idea of what we're expecting. You can go to fantasynation.com backslash ranker backslash, and you can sign up to take us on head to head. If you, if you have the most accurate pre-draft rankings uh, or preseason rankings, you've got up until the first regular season game to get them in. Uh, at the end of the season, if your if your rankings were the most accurate, then you win five hundred dollars. Uh, if you want to do weekly rankings, you know we update our rankings every week for the games that are going on. If you're the most accurate week after week after week all season long, you can take on the champs and you can win a thousand dollars at the end of the year. They're also uh, Fantasy Nation is also paying out a thousand dollars for quarterback 
running back, wide receiver, tight end for the season-long most accurate ranking. So if you think you have what it takes, uh, go to Nature, enter. Uh, it's free to enter. Come take us on. Our rankings will be posted there all season. Yeah, and you'll also be able to, I know uh, Bruning and I are going to be doing weekly uh, positional rankings that will be a little bit deeper than what they asked for for the Fantasy Nation competition on the Campus to Canton site. So if you're a member there, um, that's, uh, you know, we're proud to be part of the Campus to Canton network. Uh, if you're looking for college rankings, dynasty rankings, or uh, to see uh, what sad choices Matt and I make or what better choices Brandon Hay makes, uh, they will be up there this season as well. So speaking of uh, sad propositions, we're going to swing over to wide receivers. Uh, first one is A.J. Brown, um, and we are going to have both Titans on here back-to-back, -back, so I'll be curious. Uh, a couple of uh, pairings of teammates I have on here, but AJ Brown uh, obviously has Julio Jones now this year. Uh, last year he got a thousand and seventy-five yards receiving in fourteen games. His over/under this year is twelve hundred point five. So I am going to take the over. I, I think AJ Brown gets uh, gets into that twelve hundred to uh, thirteen hundred range this year. What say you, Dennis? Well, at some point when somebody shows you who they are, you have to finally believe them. And in his rookie season, A.J. Brown was super-duper efficient. And, and so it's easy to go, oh, that's just one season. It's like Josh Allen and his uh, out-of-nowhere accuracy. Right now it's like, oh, it's just one season. Allen comes back and completes 70% of his uh, rankings again or uh, passes again this season. Then, then, you're, then we're going to have to go, okay, that's who he is. Um, A.J. Brown came back last year, super efficient season, uh, over 1,000 yards, low targets, lower reception. I mean, he is, he is who he is. He's going to make plays, and now he's got the best receiver across from him that he's had in his uh, short career here. Uh, I think the defensive backs are going to have their hands full with Tennessee wide receivers. Uh, I'm going to take the over on the uh, AJ Brown. So uh, we both we both went over there. I'll be curious uh, what you go with here. Julio Jones, his new teammate. Um, you know there are rumors he's already a little bit banged up. We know he's he's a little bit older. Last year he was limited to nine games. Still had 771 yards on only 68 targets. His over-under is 1,025.5 yards. So last year, Corey Davis, in a complimentary role in Tennessee, uh, had 984 yards. How do you feel about Julio Jones? I, I feel like Julio could. A great deep ball threat. He's big. He's fast. He's powerful. Uh, he has a history uh, of knocking this number off. Um, but unfortunately, at 33 years old, he's developing a more recent history of missing two or three games a season. And honestly, if he played six, 17 games, I feel like I'd probably take the over. But I'm not confident that he's going to play all 17 games. And so I'm going to take the under. I think he comes in uh, somewhere, somewhere between where Corey Davis was last year and this line, but I do think it's going to be under. 
Yeah, that that's where I am too. I'm taking the slight under. I think he'll hit a thousand yards um, because that's who he is. But uh, I, they're just not an incredibly high volume passing offense. I think him being there opens up a little bit more for AJ Brown, which is why I'm a little more willing to see him take a, a step forward. So we're going to turn to another pair of teammates, uh, this time in Dallas. And the first one is CeeDee Lamb. His over-under is 1,050.5 yards. Uh, last year, C.D. Lamb turned in 935 yards as a rookie, of course, only uh, five, four and a half games with Dak Prescott. Two of those first five games were C.D. Lamb's only 100-yard games last season. So I'm going to go ahead and say I've, I think he ascends to be Cowboys' number one receiver. I'm taking the over here. How about you? Well, we both took the over 47.75 on Dak. So yeah. we expect them to be chucking the ball a lot. Um, I know for me, when I look at my rankings, I, I, you know, there's a few teams that have like a trio of wide receivers. Cincinnati with Boyd, Higgins, and Chase. Uh, uh, who else has a trio? Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh with Juju and, and Claypool and, and Deontay Johnson. You know, so there's, there's a couple of teams that have that trio, and Dallas has that trio with Gallup, Cooper, and, and uh, uh, Lamb. But I feel like Lamb and Cooper are going to separate themselves from Gallup some, whereas like in Cincinnati, I think they're going to be clustered a little bit closer together. Uh, I, I still think that uh, Amari Cooper uh, leads this Dallas team wide receivers in fantasy points. Uh, I'm going to take just a slight over for C.D. Lamb, but not by much. I, I think he's. I, I think what's going to benefit him is they've started to play Gallup on the inside some. So in some three three wide sets, Gallup is inside and Lamb is outside, and in others, Lamb is inside and Gallup is outside. Uh, I think it's going to be over, but I don't think it's going to be over by much. So speaking of uh, Amari Cooper, he is uh, his over-under comes in at 1,200.5 yards. Last year he had 1,114. So are you going over or under? I think, uh, tw- boy, you know, both. I think that uh, I'm going to take just a slight under. Um yeah, because I think Gallup is probably going to have a, a little more yards than than we expect. I think that the, the tight ends are still going to be involved. Uh, Zeke and Pollard are still going to be involved. So while they're going to they're going to throw the ball plenty, you know, they've got five to seven guys that are going to catch the ball with some uh, some regularity. Yeah, that's me. I'm taking the slide under two. I actually think there's a chance we end up with 3,000 yard receivers uh, in Dallas um, with Gallup being lower. 1,200 feels like a lot to me. I think Cooper could easily lead them in receptions, um, but not be the big yardage monster. So uh, turning to another set of teammates, these in San Francisco, the first one, an interesting one, is Debo Samuel. with Debo, for, for both these guys, because uh, we're going to look at Kittle next, it's not about the talent. It's about whether or not you think they can stay on the field. Debo Samuel, um, you know, already has had some 
some injury rumblings. He seems to have struggled to stay on the field the last two years. His over-under number is 875 and a half. I am taking the under, um, mostly because I don't think San Francisco is incredibly high volume, and I don't trust him to play all 16. But how about you? Yeah, I, I'm in the same spot with that. I, I feel like part of part of what his game is, too, is the jet sweep and the Last year wasn't his. Uh, didn't he have like a negative air yard number for the season? Yeah, something. Weird. And so I, you know, he's going to operate close to the line, so he's not going to do a lot of downfield work. Um, so for him to get up over eight seventy five, with the uh, prospects of missing some time, Ayuk uh, and Kittle, I feel like he's he's definitely the third option in the passing game which has the potential to not be very high volume. So I'm going to take the under as well. Yeah, so we're going to swing over to his teammate, George Kittle. He has a pretty massive over-under of 1,100.5. In his career last year, he only made it through eight games, uh, did post 634 yards in those eight games. Uh, The year prior, 14 games, he got to 1053. 2018, he was on the field for all 16 and went for 1,377. So 1,100 is a huge number, but if Kittle maintains the role and the games, he could hit that. What do you feel uh, for this season? It's My gut wants to go yes, but I don't think he's had somebody with the skill of IU to command targets away from him. Um if the running game stays healthy, if they can get healthy and stay healthy, I think Shanahan wants to run the ball a lot more. So if they get ahead, uh, I, I think that that season he had the 1,300 yards, I think they threw is the only season that Garoppolo has been there that they've thrown the ball like over 525 times or something. They were over 600 that season. And the rest of the time, they've been a lot lower volume passing game. Uh, so I – 1100 it feels attainable um you know am i gonna he's another one that that's got some injury stuff but i'm gonna i'm gonna say that he's you know 1101 let's go take the over yeah, so the year that he got 1,300 was in 2018. Garoppolo only played the first three games. He tore his ACL, so he did most of that damage with C.J. Beathard and Nick Mullins as a team. Uh, they threw it 532 times. I think where he really benefited is um, they didn't have much in the way of other receivers. You're correct. Kendrick Bourne was the next closest uh, receiver with 66 targets. He got 136 that year. Marquise Goodwin had 43 targets. Dante Pettis uh, had 45 targets, 46 targets for Pierre Garcon, 41 for Trent Taylor. He didn't have a lot of competition. So competition is a concern. That being said, I love his talent. I love what he brings to the team. Um, I am taking the slight over uh, at 1,100 yards as well. Uh, so our next one is another tight end, Darren Waller. He had 1,196 yards last year. His over-under is 1,100.5. I'm taking the over. I don't see the Raiders having a substantially better receiving core. I love Brian Edwards, and, and I'm all in on a Brian Edwards breakout. However, I don't think that affects Darren Waller whatsoever. 
Darren Waller is wide receiver one on the Las Vegas Raiders. So he's going to hit the over. So our next one is wide receiver, potentially wide receiver one for the New York Jets. Our man, Corey Davis, had 984 yards last year in Tennessee. Uh, we both had taken the under uh, on his quarterback, Zach Wilson, at 3,800 yards, but somebody is going to catch some of these balls. Corey Davis, pretty moderate over-under at 825 and a half yards. Do you like that over-under? I like the over on that, uh, in part because I feel like you know their defense isn't good enough to keep the team uh, a lead, they're going to give up points. So you're going to have a rookie. You know, it's it could be an exciting season in New York with Zach Wilson chucking the ball. Uh, I know a, a lot of people like Elijah Moore. You know, they've got Jamison Crowder. Uh, Denzel Mims is running hot and cold. Chris Conley's there. Or maybe it's Keelan Cole, one of those former guys. Um but oh, I, yeah, the Jets have Keelan Cole. I, I think that the the leader is going to be Corey Davis. I, it wouldn't surprise me for him to get 1,000 yards this season. Uh, I, I think he's primed and ready to go. Yeah, I took the over. I, I don't think he's hits 1,000, but I would expect 850 to 900. I think he will be their top receiver. So our next guy, uh, another guy coming back off of injury, which is Odell Beckham Jr., uh, and in keeping with my filling in for Matt's seat and being the Browns homer, his over-under is 925 and a half, and I took the over. How about you? Well, he definitely um, gets more yardage per play than Jarvis Landry. Uh, he's going to be the big play threat. Uh, I, I think that he's probably, he's probably going to get out-targeted by Landry. But I think they want to get him involved. They want to make make him part of it. He's dynamic with the ball in his hands. Uh, I think that Stefanski will scheme things up to allow uh, Odell Beckham to get open. Uh, I like I like the nine twenty five. Uh, I'm not going to be surprised if he just barely goes over. I'm not expecting you know twelve, thirteen, fourteen hundred. I'm going to take the over by it. The so next one, an interesting one, Pittsburgh Steelers receiver Deontay Johnson. His over-under is 950.5. Last year, he was the leading receiver for Pittsburgh, but only 923 yards. For as much as they chucked the ball around, they weren't getting a lot of high yardage. I have been on the record as saying that I think that they are a little more run-heavy. We both went over on 1,000 yards for Najee Harris. So are you taking the over or under for Deontay Johnson? I'm taking the over. Uh, I think they are going to be more run heavy, and I think Najee's going to get a thousand yards. I also think Ben Roethlisberger's arm is healthier than it was last year, and he's going to throw the ball down the field more, and it's going to benefit Deontay Johnson. So I, I like the the nine fifty. I think Johnson hits a thousand. He's going to be more efficient because they have the better running game, even though they do have some issues with their line. Um, you know, his arm just wasn't you – know, he really needed a, another six months to get his arm ready, uh, and he, he just didn't have the time. So, you know, he's commented that all, all offseason last year he was throwing, trying to get his arm rehabbed, and that historically he doesn't throw a lot in the offseason because he doesn't want to wear his arm out. 
And so on top of coming back from the injury, his arm was tired from working constantly, throwing a lot, trying to get ready for the season. So it was, it was an odd season for Ben. Uh, he's historically been able to chuck the ball down the field pretty well. I think after this surgery, I don't know that he's going to have the deep ball he used to have. Um, but I do, I do like Johnson to hit the over on the 950. Yeah, I'm taking the under. I just, I'm not as bullish on the the Steelers passing and and seeing where they were last year. Our next one is Jamar Chase, the rookie uh, in uh, Cincinnati, a guy who uh, you just probably have to let go of all the daily reports out of training camp, which seem to be wildly all over the place. About He's got the dropsies. His performance, talking about him uh, lo- losing uh, losing reps to Auden Tate in the regular season, but we'll see if it happens. His over-under is 1,050.5. I'm actually taking the under um, – you know, I wouldn't be surprised to see him hit a thousand, but I'm not sure he gets uh, much over a thousand. Um, yeah, I. So this is fairly close together. Uh, I think T. Higgins is the wide receiver one there. I know a lot of people like to say, "Oh, but Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase played a year together in college." Well, you know what? Joe Burrow and T. Higgins played most of a year together in the NFL. So they have pretty good chemistry. T. Higgins is good. You heard it here first, kids. Um, I, I, I'm i probably taking the under. I like the under. It wouldn't surprise me if he hit 1,000 yards. It wouldn't surprise me if he creeped over it. But I think T. Higgins is the the guy I want first on, on this team. Um, you know, a lot of people will talk about value, but – Chase is going, in most drafts, Chase is going over Higgins, and I like Higgins better. So now we're going to look at a couple of Bucks uh, teammates. First one is Mike Evans. His over-under is 1,025.5, which sounds uh, really low until you realize last year with Godwin missing games, Antonio Brown only playing half the season, Mike Evans barely cracked 1,000 at 1,006. So are you taking the over or the under? So Evans is starting to tread into that uh, Tyler Lockett-esque volatility. Um, You know, he can get you 100 yards and three touchdowns. He can get you five yards and two touchdowns. Um, He can get you five yards and nothing. So I'm I'm kind of off Evans. I'm going to take the under. Uh, I, I think it's going to be I think he he's going to if he gets close if he's healthy this season and he performs and has a reasonable I mean I mean it's this won't be the first season he just barely broke a thousand yards but after going for a thousand yards in his first eight seasons if he's reasonably close Bruce Arians is going to get him to a thousand yards and so at a thousand and twenty five you know, I won't be the least bit surprised, but I also won't be the least bit surprised if he's at 1,010. I'm going to take the under as well. I think there's a chance he doesn't hit 1,000. Um, they just said it's not because he's a bad player. They, they have a million people. Yeah. Speaking of, we have Antonio Brown. His over-under is 725 and a half. Last year in eight games, he saw 62 targets and got 483 yards. I'm actually taking the over. I think he gets right around 800 yards. 
I, I like Antonio Brown this year. I'm on the over as well. I It wouldn't surprise me. Uh, this is another team that wouldn't surprise me if they had three 1,000-yard receivers. Now, it'd be like 1,001, 1,002, and 1,003. Not like it's going to be like 12, 11, and 1,000. It's you know, or 15, 13, and 1,000. It's if they could have three, they could just creep over. Uh, but I like, uh, you know, Brown keeps him. Get a thousand yards. So the the next one is a rookie. Uh, went with Kyle Pitts. His over under is eight hundred point five. So I'm going to use the comp of Julio Jones, who uh, was basically ended up being the wide receiver two there last year. He had seven hundred seventy one yards in only nine games. So I am taking uh, the over for Kyle Pitts on eight hundred yards. I think he ends up being their basically number two option in the passing game uh, behind Calvin Ridley. I'm not a huge fan their other wide receivers, but I thought I'd see what do you think about him getting 800 or more yards? Uh, I'm in on Kyle Pitts uh, at plus, over 800 yards. Um, I think he's going to be the de facto wide receiver too. I think he's going to line up split off the line. And I think, you know, we, we've seen Ridley and Jones produce big numbers there. And I feel like he's just sliding into the Julio Jones role the big fast wide receiver, you know, Ridley will be the guy that's creating separation with his moves. Pitts will be the guy creating separation with his ball. So we have uh, four more guys. We're going to look at the first three are teammates uh, being as uh, you know, I helped craft this and I make the rules. We're looking at, uh, at a trio of Denver Broncos here. Um, maybe this will just help me feel better about the season. Uh, but last year, uh, even with Teddy Bridgewater, uh, Carolina was able to put three receivers up in the top 25. So the three biggest targets here for Denver, one of which is a tight end. But the first one, Cortland Sutton, coming back after ACL tear. His over-under is the highest at 950.5. I'm taking the over. I think he hits 1,000 yards. How about you? Yeah, I, I'm a Sutton truther. I love Cortland Sutton. You know, admittedly, I'm team big wide team big wide receiver. Uh, I think he comes back just fine from his uh, injury, and he's able to uh, put up uh, lots of yards. Wouldn't I? Wouldn't be surprised by a 1,200 yard season out of uh, Cortland Sutton. The next one is Jerry Judy, who had uh, an interesting, sometimes uneven um, rookie season. People have talked about him being poised for a breakout. His over-under number is 900.5. How do you feel about that one? That one's a, a, a bit tougher. You know, Judy and Sutton are kind of like Pitts and Ridley, uh, you know, Evans and Brown. They kind of have the, you know, Metcalf and Lockett in their style of play. So I could see them both them both hitting that number. But then you throw in Noah Fant, and do we expect Fant to have a big year? I, I think if with with the two quarterbacks they have, I I think it's you know it, it's boy it's it's tough. But I think yes, I think Judy hits it. I think he's got the skill. So I'm going to say that take the over. So for me. 
I'm big into Sutton. Um, we'll talk about Fan in a minute. The guy's not on here that I think will be involved. KJ Hamler, we've seen him in the preseason uh, getting some run. And you Tim need to Patrick. Have a talk with the guy that did the show shoot then. Well, I I didn't really see the over-under number for Tim Patrick and K.J. Hamler. I don't think that uh, NFL betting sites were ho- hoping to go seven deep on uh, on players playing behind Teddy Bridgewater. But I think they'll have a role. I went uh, under. Uh, Judy had 856 yards last year but saw 113 targets and didn't have an incredible catch percentage. I think his catch percentage comes up, but his targets – get redistributed with Sutton being back in there um, and all the other kind of weapons they have in there. So I took the slight under. I think he he finishes, you know, like around 875 yards. The last over-under for Denver is Noah Fant, and his over-under as the tight end is 650 and a half. I am taking the over here, um, especially – I've been watching Bridgewater. They haven't been playing Fant a lot, but he's been hammering the tight end. Locke also have been hammering the tight end, which right now in the preseason has been Eric Soybert, a guy that uh, Jacksonville released, which I have questions now since they don't fundamentally have a tight end. Uh, but I am taking the over on Noah Fant. I think he has a good year. Which Big Ten school did Soybert go to? Um, that's a good question. They might have – because isn't it a rule Denver can only draft Big Ten tight ends? Well, that was, oh, wait. L- that was LA. Oh, okay. That was a while ago. Um, 650 yards. I, I think that's achievable for fans. I'm going to take the over. You know, he does have mismatch capability. Um, he can outrun linebackers. He can overpower safeties. And so if uh, – who's your who's your OC now? Schumer? Bill Pat Schumer, yeah. So, and he has typically loved uh, peppering tight ends. He's the one that got Kyle Rudolph 132 targets a few years ago in Minnesota. So, so yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to take the over on fans. So our last over under, uh, I probably should have uh, paired him up closer to Waller, uh, but is uh, second year receiver Henry Ruggs. His over-under is 750.5 yards. As a rookie, he appeared in 13 games, saw 43 targets, only caught 26, but for 452 452 yards, 17.4 yards per reception. Obviously kind of a deep threat. 750 yards for a guy who's just running up and down the field wouldn't seem to be a lot. But are you a rugs believer in year two? Um, I it's tough for me because I'm Team Brian Edwards, yeah, and so I, I I feel like this is this should be Edwards and not Rugs here. Um, but I think Rugs has the explosiveness to be able to hit that number uh, on relatively few targets and catches. Will will it happen? You know, Edwards has looked good in preseason. Uh, Ruggs has looked good. And from while they did sign John Brown, from what I've heard on Sirius XM from some of the Raiders beat reporters, it's that Edwards, Ruggs, and Hunter Renfro have been running as the top three wide receivers. So I'm going to go ahead and take the over and – Hopeful, hope hope that uh, they pass the ball enough because uh, you know their running backs are Josh Jacobs and Kenyon Drake. 
Which, you know, they, I mean, they could be trying to run heavy with both. That's the interesting thing. Kenyon Drake had 239 carries and 955 rushing yards last year. So maybe they're, you know, maybe they're going to sit back there in the wishbone and just, you know, pound it out and then throw it to Waller over the middle. But I like Edwards too. I still think John Brown ends up uh, potentially being their, their most prolific person at the wide receiver position. So I'm taking the slight under. I wouldn't be surprised to see Ruggs hit 700, but I don't – I just don't think he takes such a tremendous leap. So I, I'm going to take the under uh, on that. So that was our uh, over-under player props, uh, and that kind of wraps up what we're looking at uh, for this week's – uh, for this edition on Thursday, we should be back looking at the over under for the NFC win totals. Um, so be some good ones there, but, uh, anything else you want to add Dennis? No, um, go to football diehards, get the flash pro update for all of your redraft, uh, goodness. So you can win your league, use code Roundtable to get 15% off. And if you think you can beat the pros in rankings, go to fantasynation.com slash ranker. Yeah, and since Matt and I both uh, learned that our wives aren't too into what if because it's a cartoon, we'll probably both be able to watch it and uh, talk about the the third episode, hopefully on Thursday as well. But for now, I think that's all we've got for today. Prepare for glory! I don't know if you got your popcorn ready. Do you got your popcorn ready? I came out the wrong line ready. And he's in the end zone for an unbelievable touchdown. I would be honored. Throw it up above his head. They can't jump with me. Golly. Oh, they tackle him at the 40-yard line. Who can make a play? I can. Who can make a play? I can. <laughs>